This episode is sponsored by Efficient Business Solutions, your one-stop shop for technology. This was supposed to be a roundup of the week, but the lackluster performance by Spurs has me ranting, ranting in the first 15 minutes of this half-hour show, 45-minute show. I'm joined with Tom McDermott. Let's do this. So, I don't know where to begin. I really don't. I, I, we're, we're supposed to do a segment here, you and I, on, or a podcast, you and I, on the week and, and, and what happened with the results, and we're probably eventually going to get into it. But y- you've seen it. You even c- couldn't believe it. Spurs are just, just devoid of any ambition as, as, as a group of players. I just didn't see I didn't see any fight in them. I didn't see any sense of urgency. I didn't see any heart. Like I, I just I, I thought they walked in and, and from the first few minutes they looked okay, but we were never beyond maybe the two, three big chances that we created, we were never dangerous to Everton. Ever in the match. Yeah. Like, I didn't sit down and watch the match and say, we're going to go get one. We're definitely going to go get one. Yeah. What, what did, it, can, can you help me decipher this? Because maybe it needs somebody's outside eye, Tom, to, to really look at this and, 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 and try to make sense of whatever we watched on, on Sunday. Yeah, it's, um, listen, you have to forgive me, I'm full of cold, but we'll get through anyway, because I'm quite keen to speak to you about this. Um... First of all, there was a lot of tweets going around last night when I was, I was commenting, commenting about Spurs, saying, um, not specifically me, but all the all the Mourinho haters are out. I'm not a Mourinho hater. I was very disappointed how it ended at Manchester United for him because when he came in, I really, really was excited. You and I spoke about it. I wanted him to do well. So before I start speaking about him in Tottenham, I just want to put that out there. For me, when I saw the game and I heard him speak afterwards, it felt like Mourinho in his last few months at all the clubs he's left kind of his body language he's sort of very quick to blame players I think I don't know whether he's struggling to adapt and this has been said for a few times to sort of the modern demands of the game now and adjusting to what players want and and tactically because somebody in that top sort of six or seven is going to get sacked at some point over the next 12 months you've got Pep and Jurgen Klopp they're not going anywhere you've got Lampard if he doesn't deliver with the money spent he could go Solskjaer you then go to Tottenham and Mourinho Arteta and Arsenal sadly for Tottenham fans they're looking strong I've not mentioned Nuno I've not mentioned Carlo Ancelotti who's won the Champions League three times so somebody out of that list is going to get sacked or not deliver what the owner or the chairman or the vice chairman or whatever wants and it's looking and sounding, although it's just after one game, but it's looking and sounding to me like Mourinho in his final few months because those players could be tired because of the disruption to the calendar. We get that. I've not seen how 
you know, the full 90 minutes we'll watch later on this evening, how the team's play. But for me, it looks and felt like a Mourinho team in his, in his final few months, and we know that always ends. The second thing to this, and you and I spoke about this, Adam, for hours, is that Levy is not a big spender of money. He'll spend money, but he doesn't go great A superstar signing. And even the great B and Cs that he signs and turn into great players, he's reluctant to spend. Mourinho needs money and a great squad, fully at it, and almost to get everything he wants to deliver. But wouldn't so, you? But wouldn't you bring Mourinho? Wouldn't you bring Mourinho and tell him and promise him that that? Well, I don't he, know what was said. This is why it's interesting because if Mourinho takes that job, and I was sad enough to watch his his interview when he got the job at Spurs, and he was saying all the right things. He said he was excited. He said he was really happy. He was the happy one there. He was he was he was he was at Spurs. He was so proud to be there. All the all the right things. But he did genuinely look, given his demeanour at Manchester United at the end, to what he's like Spurs. I actually believed him. I thought, do you know what? He's going to win a trophy. He's going to do well. Now we're writing him off after one game. But there were times at the end of last season where it looked a bit shaky, and you could forgive him because of coronavirus. And I just think that when he got that job, Levy must have said to him. You're not going to get everything you want because nobody does when I'm in charge. But Mourinho needs money. <laughs> Excuse me, he needs money. And when he came in his first year at Man United, he got Zlatan, Pogba, Eric Bailly, who was highly rated at the time, and Mkhitaryan, who was one of the best players in Germany. And eventually he won as the Europa League with it. If he's not going to get the players to come through the door, then it only ends badly for me. But why would you deal with Levy at this point? From a business standpoint, you know you you know you're gonna get raped. You know more about that business side of things than me, mate. But I just think from a from a footballing point of view, Spurs need players. There's gaps in the team where 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 you know there's big holes to fill. We can see that. But Mourinho, he's 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 not going to get what Mourinho wants. It just feels like that. So there, for me, if he's not going to get what he wants, and the season started again, one game, but. For me, the warning sign, it was typical Mourinho in his final few months. I hope that's wrong. Because I, I would like him to see him sort of revitalise himself. But to me, it just feels and just it just doesn't feel like he's going to he's gonna perhaps even make the season just for how he is. And, you know, I, I don't know who you've got next, but you've got United in a couple of games time. I mean, that's going to be huge. Because, you know, another defeat in the first three or four games and the wheels can fall off very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. It's uh, it, the pro. The, the problem is this. The problem is that if you look at our schedule, our schedule is going to be in a position where we're going to play far lesser teams. You're going to go out in the Europa League and you're going to probably get a win. You're going to play in the Carabao Cup and you're probably going to get a win. And you're going to think that everything is okay. And and yeah. that's my problem. I it, everything is not okay. Yesterday's so display. What do, think, what, do you, what do you think it is? I think that it's 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 two things. It's Levy needs to change he, the way he does business because everybody's figured him out. Nobody wants to deal with him. You understand? You were squabbling over five million pounds, and I understand five million pounds is a lot of money to probably anybody that's listening to this podcast. But but five million pounds in the world of Premier League football is not that much and that five million pounds could have either gotten you a player or gotten you rid of a player that you've been wanting to sell 
And this, you're squabbling over five mil. You are the seventh richest football organization on this planet. Yeah. And you're telling me yeah. that you could not go out and get James Rodriguez? You're telling me that you're fighting over five million pounds with Milik? You're telling me you're going to stand firm on 20 million pounds for Aurier and you're not going to take 15 and get him off of your team and your books? Yeah. It sounds very similar to other, how other clubs are operating in the window, actually. I mean, there are clever deals to be had out there. I, I, you know, would somebody like William fit into top? I know he's gone, he's a bit older and he's gone to Arsenal, but, you know, that kind of play, not him because you specifically wouldn't need him. But there are deals like that to be had out there. Thiago Silva. To Chelsea, that kind of thing. No, honestly, you know, I wouldn't take. Saying, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Thiago Silva if he gave it to free. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that, but there, there are players out there. You know, I always go back to when Leicester won the league. They got um, uh, Kante and and the winger who's at uh, City, whose name escapes me. Oh, uh, Mares. 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 They got him a couple of years before that. You know, for next to nothing. There are players out there you can get. So there's another way of being smart. But Spurs are not to be smart in that direction either they're not spending the big money and the money they are spending on players seems to be drawn out and it must be sort of frustrating and it's the same for Manchester United as well I don't want to talk about Manchester United but it is it's, it's similar for United the money's there players want to come to the club players still want to come and play for Mourinho so give him the best chance and pay the money uh, nobody wants to pay and I understand everybody's cash strapped you know what you're telling you, you say something you, you said that you know not everybody everybody's acting the same way as Spurs are in this window and I could tell you Chelsea have outspent everybody twice in a row um, yeah. tw- twice over to, over to, uh, over each other uh, Aston Villa has outspent Spurs Aston Villa Aston Villa was 15 minutes away from getting relegated and decided that they're yeah. going to spend money to make sure that they firm up their position in the in, in the Premier League. I don't think they did enough, but they spent. They recognize yeah, that they have they're, to they're spend. To. Yeah. But but why? I, I just tweeted recently. At this point, you're either getting a world class striker or you're going to get Bale. Bale is available for twenty million pounds. You mm-hmm. suck it up and you give him the three hundred thousand dollars a week that he needs to, because this is a guy that probably has top-class football in him for another two, three seasons. Uh-huh. And if you win two, three trophies in the next two, three seasons, you transform the club because at this point you become a winner club. I mean, Son, Cat, Kane, and Bale is, is very exciting. You know, right? Uh, yeah, so, you know, I mean, you look at that, you, you won't get a, a better, well, you, you will probably get better, but he's going to be up there with the top, trio of strike force in, in, in world European footballs you know that kind of thing so you look at it like that and you think what Mourinho can probably deliver with a player like that then it, you know it makes perfect sense to go go ahead and do the deal but again you know the Levy approach is not to do that and I'd be surprised if Bale ended up at Spurs to be honest still, he's not going to he's not going to I'm, I'm telling you right now with every source that I have on the face of this planet Bale is not going to come to Tottenham he's not yeah. What about somebody like um, Douglas Costa? Uh-huh. You, know, you know, I mean, again, he question why he'd want to leave, or we might as well. Kind of we might as well. Perisic. We should have. We should have gone. We should have gone for Iguain then. If you're looking for a short-term signing up front. But where's he not going to play? Is he? Well, nobody's going to play. That's the problem. I we need to Mourinho sell Kane. Said, Mourinho said I don't need. But they're not going to sell Kane, are they? 
No, they're not. They're not going to sell Kane, and they're not going to sell Deli Alley. And those are the two linchpin issues that you have in the squad. And it's not because they're not good players. They're excellent players. But nobody else wants to come play for you because you have these two in the squad. Nobody wants to sit on the yeah. bench. Ericsson's already been replaced, has he? He's not. That, to be honest with you, Musa Dembele hasn't been play- replaced. And he was a, he was a fantastic. I think and Dembele they thought would do the Dembele job, but obviously that's gone. Right, gone awry. But you know, for me, it, it was crying out for for a midfielder and another option going forward yesterday because I just think that he was right, Mourinho. In his, his post match, he said about the gaps in between the. Um, Alam and, and the Everton defence they were there and, and Deli Ali got three once he was a good save by Pickford we saw that but I just thought at that point in the game after the, the error that let Richarlison in at the other end I thought Spurs were on, on, on maybe onto something you saw Kane's little flick over for Doherty to, 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 to shoot and, and the keeper again made a good save and that kind of period there just a little bit more quality you know somebody feeding Kane rather than Kane scooping it over the defender's head for somebody else is what you want isn't it you, you, you know he was a a lovely piece of skill but you want Kane on the end of his own pass there really don't you to, to finish it and I don't know I think Spurs need to be careful and Levy needs to be careful because he must have a target for Mourinho in his mind and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mourinho said to him that he can deliver top four I'm not saying he will do because it, it doesn't look great at the moment but you know if he, get, if he doesn't get top four and everybody stays fit is, is, it, is it a failure for, for, for Mourinho this season? I don't, I don't, I don't see it as a, a Mourinho failure at this point. I, I really see this as a top management issue and an attitude issue. These players, every single one of them, without exception, are playing like they've won the Champions League two, three times. Yeah. These players are going out on the field, and yesterday the display that I saw, I saw eleven players that thought that they were entitled to the three points. Yeah, but, but okay, that's fair enough. But we know we live in an era where if that starts happening regularly, then the players are not going to go, the manager's going to go. Unfortunately, yes. So, and I'm not saying that's going to happen now. You know, I just wonder what impact this documentary's had on things as well, the releasing and the timing of it. You know, could it have been released maybe nearer to Christmas or, you know, not to the start of the season? There's a big around that I think you know most people at Tottenham came out of it pretty well but you know did that really need to be released just recently in the build up to the first game of the season I'm not saying it's a distraction but it's just something else isn't it that takes the eye you know off the ball maybe and Mourinho seems to be asked a lot about that in his in his, his press match in his sorry in his build up to games and I'm not saying it has any impact but just little things like that really they need to get the house in order on the pitch and then they can worry about the marketing and the, the Amazon documentaries after really because you know the Amazon documentaries are entertaining as it would be for people he's not going to win you three points at a weekend is it no it's not you're right <laughs> you know and then you look you look a bit like a, a bit of a laughing stock if you've you've got this amazing setup you've got this great coach everything seems to be going well but then actually the reality is you're not you're not delivering but I, I don't know really. I always worry when I see players doing that or behaving as you described there because it only really ends one way event. you know you, I'm not saying you're there yet but it, it's, a, it's a road that only leads in the in one way, and it'd be such a shame for Spurs to have had last season and get rid of Poch and then bring Mourinho in, and then a year later for it to go and again reiterate. I don't want it to. Happen. I don't want this to happen. It'd be nice if he could um, turn things around and prove people wrong. But I just feel that when things aren't going in his way, he, he, 
he sets a strategy and a path for himself to get out of there. And if the players are he's criticising the players already, I mean, how many players were he? How many players would you, would you say were out yesterday? Were missing? It was a couple that you put in, or not enough? And 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 the fact that he threw Delhi Alley under the bus. By the way, I'm fine with that. Delhi Alley had a horrendous game. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You see, you shouldn't you shouldn't do that. But he was he was he, he pulled out his, his full front three, didn't he? He said that they weren't pressing. They standard. weren't. But you'd have that privately, wouldn't you? Yeah. It was depressing to watch them try to press. Nobody was making any yeah. decent moves. So, but anyway, I don't want to waste more than 15 minutes on this. I need to ask you. I have to, okay? Go on. Did you watch the Liverpool-Leeds game? I did. Do you know what? It was very, very entertaining. Two teams that I have very little interest in. A lot of, a lot of friends support both. But I, don't, I, I did watch it and... You know, look, Leeds will be fine this season. I think they've. Um, it's all about the manager, isn't it? And, and you talk about players with Mourinho perhaps not playing for the manager or him quizzing them. They're well and truly behind Bielsa. And obviously, we know about Liverpool, who actually there was a couple of times when Van Dijk and their defenders were isolated in one-on-one positions, or these players got you know a lot of space. And I think that'll give a lot of teams a bit of hope actually, because Liverpool are absolutely. You know they're they're one of the best teams in Europe, whether we like that or not. And they won the league last year. But you just wonder this season with with City strengthening and signing a player or two, what impact that'll have at Liverpool because they haven't strengthened their squad. So, so talk of Thiago coming in, but going back to the game, I just think that it was a really good game of football. It was like a computer game for the first half an hour, wasn't it? You score one, we score one, and you know. One, Defensive coach was probably hiding behind his whiteboard and thinking, "God, I'm, we've got a job on a Monday morning." But and you got to credit the managers, and you particularly got to get credit Leeds because although football's about winning, they'll have taken so much heart from that game and, and the performance they put in. They 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 they'll walk into every game now thinking they can get three points because they hung around with the champions for the entire game. And why not? Yeah. yeah. And why not? You're right. You're absolutely right. The other game that really caught my interest was. I, Again, I can't believe I'm saying this. The the Newcastle-West Ham game. I, I think that Newcastle is yeah. very improved. I think that whatever they did... By the way, not, not to bring Spurs up again. Newcastle <laughs> have outspent Spurs. <laughs> let it go, let it go. You have an let owner of a team that is trying to get rid of the team that still outspends the seventh most valuable team on the planet so anyway Newcastle looked like they were really really improved uh, I think Cullum Wilson fits right into that that team um, I think that West Ham is is a poor team but Newcastle went out and actually did what they needed to do which is beat a poor team uh, and they beat them solidly I watched about I'd say 70% of the game and they looked like they knew what their mission was I don't know if you watched yeah, the game mean, or not. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. No, I watched. Yeah, yeah, I saw all the games. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's sad that I watched. Sad enough to watch the ninety minutes of all of them. Watch them back as well. It's, uh, it's not good for you sometimes. Yeah. But um, the Newcastle, yeah, the Newcastle, Callum Wilson, dodgy knees. We know that. But what he guarantees you is probably about 10, 10 or twelve Premier League goals a season. Mm-hmm. And we, me and you talked about this before. I think that was the reason why Spurs didn't move for him because of his injury record, really. But he would have been perfect as that backup. Or that different option to Harry Kane, I think. That's the guy you put in the last 20 minutes if you need a goal up with Harry Kane, yeah, yeah. because at that point and you I, have two people to worry about. 
and I just wonder, you know, if, that's, if that might be a mistake for 20 million for, for a guy who's a sub. And, you know, Harry Kane gets an injury every season, we know that. So he'd have probably played, or he probably started maybe 10, 10 or 11 games. Um, and, and, you know, as you said, maybe the rest up as a substitute I think he'd have been a perfect option for Spurs to bring on not just yesterday but over the course of the season but yeah there seems to be some problems at West Ham doesn't there there was murmurings of Moyes not being completely happy before or a week or two ago and it just seems when you look at them on the pitch that these these teams you can you can see by looking at a team these days where the off the field problems are or if they're not and players look a bit disgruntled I'm not saying they're not playing for Moyes but they just look a bit disgruntled and Steve Bruce, I mean, when he got the job after Rafa Benitez, he was criticised and written off and he had a great season last year. I don't know if he got more points than Benitez the year before, but he certainly gave a great account of himself and what a great start for them to go away to, to, to West Ham and win 2-0 because opening day of the season is never easy. They did well and uh, Hendrick, another clever signing. We talk about clever signing. I'm not saying he's getting to the Spurs side or anything, but you know, Hendrick on a free, I think, from Burnley, Cannon Wilson, 20 million, and it's it's transformed their, their attacking options. And you know, they're a team that people just don't speak about being in that bottom three anymore. And Steve Bruce knows what he's doing there, and I'm, I'm really pleased for him. And that's not just because he's a former United player, but I think he, he got written off 12 months ago replacing Rafa or whatever it was. He was he was written off so easily. But he's um he's he's done a good job there, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He has a lot. Uh, speaking of power, uh, firepower, Leicester put three behind uh, West Brom yesterday. Now, granted, yeah. two of them were penalties, and Jamie Vardy continues to score. But yeah. Leicester is another team that looks like they're they're hungry for for success. Yeah, they, we missed him up. We're still in the podcast, I mean, they're in the same along with Wolves, Everton, Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United. There's seven teams there before we get to. Liverpool and City, so there's nine teams there who are going to be scrapping for. Well, Liverpool and City. Let's just assume that they've, you know, they they'll be one and two in whichever order. But the rest of them, you know, the, Manchester United, I think, finished third with 66 points or something. Yeah. You know, the year before that gets you six or seventh. So there's not a great deal of a great deal of the first chasing pack. I think it's easy for the chasing pack to catch the likes of Manchester United and Chelsea than it is for Manchester United and Chelsea to catch the, the teams above them. No, I, is what I'm, is what, what I'm saying. What I, think, what I think now is that this season, is, the difference is between Champions League and not playing in Europe at all is going to be hairline thin. Yeah, I mean, Leicester's collapse last season, going back to your, your point, Leicester's collapse last season was... Well, it was almost catastrophic. If you look at the league table in February... Just before, or a month or so before the coronavirus, and it got you know really serious. It, and, and even in like November, December, they were just like miles ahead. Of, I think they were even ahead of City at one point. Mm-hmm. And that would just mean just one weekend. I mean, for a few weeks. So their collapse was 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 quite something. Now they did finish, I think, in their second ever second best ever Premier League finish they won it the other year of course and I think last year under Rodgers was their second best ever Premier League finish or your Leicester fan that corrects me there but so overall they did okay but the way they just dropped off so you'd expect them to get if they can get a bit more consistency to be in or around 8, 7, 6, 5 spot again um, but Jamie Vardy score your goals he's a nuisance he's, he, he's, I feel like I'm dealing with disservice causing that he's a, he's a nuisance but he's a nuisance with quality he plays on the shoulder of the defence he doesn't there's you know, no such thing as a lost cause if a defender's clouting it clear then he's going to the corner flag Vardy will be on you like you know like nothing trying to win the ball back he can take a penalty he's, he's, a, he's a you know he's a very very good Premier League striker and 
you'd imagine if he stays fit, they can get Madison back and firing in all cylinders. Um, they, they they have the potential to upset big teams on the day, especially at, at Leicester City and Fulham. Who I'm sure we'll speak about in a minute, but West Brom, another team, West Brom and Fulham for me. I say take a miracle, but they just don't score enough goals. They just don't play enough attacking football. They just don't look like they're ready for this level of football. And I kind of thought that before the season, just because of their activity in the transfer market and having seen both teams on the opening weekend, I just fear that sadly I just can't see them staying up at all. I agree with that. So well, let's talk about the Fulham situation. Uh, yeah. Not the way you wanted to start. This season oh, is by getting thrashed. It's not nice for you guys, obviously, with Arsenal, but I tried to. I, I took a step back from praising Arsenal last year because they beat City and Liverpool in, in the same week or something. Fair enough, but you know, the title had been won then and City didn't really have that much to play for, so I kind of let that go. But then they beat City in the Cup semi final, which was an impressive result, and then they went on and won the FA Cup. So that, you know, you got to take notice of that and then this season they just seem to have started the same it just feels a little bit like Arteta's building something there I'm not talking about winning a league which is where a team like Arsenal and Man United should be aiming but but it feels like he's building something and they could maybe push on and disrupt that you know the, the top four spots the third and fourth spots maybe and Aubameyang for me now probably the best striker in the Premier League slightly above Aguero and Kane if, if I'm being honest I think he's variety of his goals his mobility in and around that that final third the way he just cuts in and just finishes with his right foot he, he's brilliant at that and I think if they can keep him fit I think William's a clever signing I think Gabriel at the back I think he'll tighten things up so I think they've got the start of a good spine there and I think obviously they buy into what Arteta is doing and playing so the way Mourinho mentioned and spoke about his players on, on Sunday you'd probably never get that from Arteta because they just all look so happy all the time and I forget which player but I heard it on the radio this morning did an interview I think it might have been is Edu there at the club still in some sort of coaching capacity or something but I'll say him but there was somebody like that former player said that they just connect and fit Arteta and Arsenal and all the players are really excited about what he's going to do this season so I'm not an Arsenal fan far far from him but you can just sense it a little bit I think and I'm not going to get carried away I'm not going to win the league or anything but but certainly I think push for for a top four spot Fulham I was very disappointed with even more so than with West Brom I think yes they're playing a very good team in Arsenal but just there just the way they lined up and at times they didn't make it easy for Arsenal but never at any point did I think that they were even going to hang on for a draw it was just a game where it was just a matter of time where Arsenal scored and Arsenal could have scored four or five for me I just thought Arsenal were the better team and the golfing class they, you know Fulham looks like what they probably are really is, is that's a championship team and West Brom the same oh, it's sad so we got two games coming up um, yeah we have, uh, I think. I'm looking forward to Brighton Chelsea. So would, Brighton Chelsea, the later game. That is a later game. Well, Sheffield Sheffield Wolves just started. So, what do you yeah. think is going to happen there? I think Sheffield United won't get relegated, but I think they'll find it more difficult this season. Do you think, think Wolves are going to be the more consistent of both teams from coming in from last year? Oh, absolutely, yeah. They've got they've got Jimenez up front. They've got the midfield packed of, of talent. I think that what Wolves again Europa League juggling that last season I think probably didn't do any favours along with the, the coronavirus but that affected everybody but I think with Jimenez up front they can keep him fit they've got a, a top striker and you know he's a sort of striker that probably 
Man- link with Manchester United, you know, he'd get into a lot of teams in the Premier League, and I think if they can keep him fit, I think he's definitely going to be the difference. And I expect Wolves to have at least the equal of what how they performed last season. I think they'll be in that sort of top six position again because you know managers just got a new contract as well, so there's the consistency. They're happy with what he's doing, and I think they've got a good plan and a good recruitment policy there. Play players and kind of go for a slightly different market but the quality seems to be there so I expect Wolves to, to have another good season I think he's a very very good manager indeed um, Treore is frightening with his pace as well he, he can cause problems I think his statistics last season his assists and goals were he, he put charted his best one so I expect them again you know another fantastic team you know some very good teams in that, in that league at a similar standard you know Everton Spurs Wolves Manchester United probably maybe just slightly ahead of that but we, we don't know yet because it's a bit going. You know, these kind of Leicester we mentioned Arsenal it's, it's very tight in there but I think if you've got a striker who can score goals and he's on form like Jimenez usually is what? I I'll, think you've already, I'll tell you something about that I'll tell you something about that right side of Wolves that should scare anybody Knowing that Jimenez is in the middle up top, waiting for somebody to be cr- something to be crossed in, but between yeah, Moutinho, Adam Traore, and Neto on yeah. the, on the right hand side, that's trouble for any team. Yeah, absolutely. You got strength, you got power, you got a lot on that right hand side. All right, so let's 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 really talk about the game of the day, which is Brighton Chelsea. I, I think Brighton always gives Chelsea a decent match. I'm more interested to see how Chelsea's going to come out with all these signings. But yeah. I, I, don't, I, I think this is an easy game for Chelsea, unless you think otherwise. No, I agree with you. I think if the fans are in the ground and Brighton got an early goal and the momentum builds, you've seen games like that before, and you know, teams can win 1-0 or then get a late one and you know Chelsea pulling back, blah, 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 that kind of thing. Um, I just think with lack of fans in, in grounds, these games you know, really show... You know, it's just the quality of the teams, and I expect Chelsea to win and win comfortable. I'm expecting no disrespect to Brighton, but I'm expecting a kind of Arsenal type performance against Fulham from Chelsea, where they just have too much quality. But here's the thing with Chelsea because they've got a lot of players in. Lampard has got what he wants. They've spent a lot of money, but with that becomes pressure because if Lampard doesn't get top four this season, then he'll probably get sacked because you cannot say he hasn't not being back he's got you know some of the up and coming most exciting players in Europe and you expect I wouldn't say a big thing I wouldn't expect him to get break the top two if he did that would be you know an ex- excellent season but I expect him to be third or certainly fourth this season and, and perhaps go one better and win a cup so everyone's sort of raving about Chelsea and what they've done in the, in the market and, and rightly so because they've put their money where their mouth is but now Lampard has to deliver he's got no excuse he's got some good young players there he's got experience in there he's got good young players that were proven in other foreign leagues there really isn't an excuse for him I, I, I agree with Thiago Silva to a certain extent I'm a bit surprised they didn't go for maybe Ake um, at Bournemouth get him back um, but, but overall yeah I think that they're, they're going to be the team to watch and I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they perform this evening because there's people like Mason Mount as well Pulisic who, who, who was fantastic towards the end of last season as well so they've got a really really exciting team and I think that for Lampard there's no excuse to finish in that top four I think if he doesn't do it I think he'll get sacked because I think that he should be with the quality of squad he had and added to it but you know if you if you sign five, six, seven players how many he signed they're not all going to work, are they? No. Just for the law of, you know, they're not. They're not all going. They're not all going to be a success. I mean, if they are, he's onto something quite incredible. But you know, 
history would suggest whatever club if you if you sign in that amount of players every summer they're not all going to be a success so it'll be interesting to see which ones kind of drop off ones that don't make it and um, yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing how they how they do this evening because I I, I kind of think Chelsea should be third at this season and probably would finish above Manchester United as for Brighton I think Lallana's a good signing I uh, I like him as a football player I think he's a, he's a clever player um, I think it's a good move for him back to the south coast and I think he'll help them provide a bit more um, guile and a bit more ability than perhaps Aaron Moy in that final third so I think he'll do well there but I think just tonight Brighton uh, Chelsea have a bit too much for Brighton so let's talk about United and uh, and we'll close it there but I think this is going to be a much longer conversation what's going on financially Go on. with United <laughs> What's going on financially? Um, so, they signed Van der Beek, and they're still interested in Sancho. Apparently, there was a breakthrough in the wages and agent fees, which was uh, what I was told was always the the, the issue. And if that is true, um, and I've not spoken to anybody at the club because they're moving out this weekend, but if that is true, then I expect the deal concluded before the, the deadline October the 5th whenever it is if it isn't the case then United need to, to, to take the money or take their, their plan their strategy away from Sancho and strengthen the other areas because as we've seen on the opening weekend of this, this season you guys haven't got going yet there are other teams that have won games it's going to be very difficult to get in that top four very very difficult and again I go back to the points that United accumulated last season that most seasons probably won't get you a top four finish so they're going to have to win and get some some additional points from somewhere and, and not have that slump that they, they seem to have had in the last couple of years so from a financial point of view um, yep there's a certain amount of haggling the Wambasaka deal last summer could have been done three or four weeks earlier the Maguire deal dragged on till late in the day when it could have been done earlier Sancho if that goes through people will say well why wasn't it done sooner if it doesn't get done they'll think well why aren't Manchester United spending money on a player that they need and who fits the bill for what, what's required so there are clearly issues there you know the debt is is service debt and it's it's well serviced because of the money Manchester United bring but Manchester United is is sadly in my opinion a business first and it shouldn't be but it's a business first and a football club second because if you look at how Chelsea have responded to finishing in a Champions League p position Manchester United is supposed to be one of the biggest, or if not the biggest club in the world. They should be spending money. Because the only way the owners are going to really get the rewards is if Manchester United are in cup finals and winning Champions Leagues and winning Premier Leagues, then they'd really get their debt service because they'd all the money in the world would be coming in. They'd have the best players, um, the most exciting team, the best manager, the best coaches. And sadly, although it looks United, like United at the end of this season are heading in that direction, they're not there yet. And for me to, to build on this kind of positive feeling United had at, towards the end of last campaign would be to spend money and strengthen and if it's just Van der Beek then there's a problem and even with Sancho in my opinion the, the defence needs to be tightened up significantly United had a friendly against Aston Villa on the, on the weekend and uh, United lost 1-0 and it was, it was a bit what, of a what, a what a nice goal though that was a really nice goal from Ali Watkins great, great goal but when you've got your 80 million pound central defender looking at him from three or four yards away it makes it slight kind of easier and you know it was a great goal and I'm pleased for Watkins I hope he does well this season but you know your leader captain centre half needs to be taking control and I'm not going to dig you out straight away but 
it just to me seems that United are crying out for reinforcements in that in that central defensive area, and it is a, a massive, massive uh, problem for United if they don't rectify it before the October fifth. Uh, that October fifth date now is in every ingrained in everybody's head because it, it, there are a lot of teams, including yours and mine. Uh, a lot yeah. of the fans are just sitting back and, and, and really just waiting for that day to come because if nothing major happens between now and then, I think you're going to have yeah. two fan bases of two very prominent English clubs that are going to end up going for the throats of ownership at this point. I think so. I think, I think United is. If they don't hit, hit, reach Champions League, then the Glazers will... Um, it, I think that impacts them slightly in terms of sponsorship deals and, and what they've got tied in. If they do hit Champions League, uh, we're not like talking about winning trophies, we're not like just qualifying for the Champions League, then questions get asked. Side questions don't get asked because Manchester United are kind of in a position they're in the elite European competition. They know how much would, would generally come through, you know, sort of pre-coronavirus and hopefully in, in the future. If they don't hit the, the uh, Champions League, then that's when I think questions start to be been asked. So if Manchester United don't, Qualify for the Champions League this year under Solskjaer, then he could be one that he's facing the exit door in 12 months. But do you know what? The best way to get him and keep him happy and keep United in the Champions League is, is to is to part with a bit of money and, and buy the you know some some players and, and give him a hand because he, he did get you know he went on a ridiculous run to get United into the Champions League. But to make that next, I mean, three semi-finals last year as well. Yeah. Three semi-finals in a Champions League place. I'd have taken that in December, to be fair. So he gets off the hook. But I think that if, you, if you're looking at this season and United aren't in that top four again, which could happen, let's be honest, it could happen, then I think Solskjaer will struggle to hold on to his job. That's quite unfortunate, too, considering the fact that he really produced a miracle. Now, whether he really meant to produce a miracle at the end of last season or not. Well, Bruno was big, wasn't he? Bruno Fernandes was the man. You well, know, Bruno Fernandes was definitely the man, but you, you were also helped very much by the collapse of Leicester. So there, there had to oh, be yeah. some luck that, that played in there as well. And that's not going to happen again. And, and, and you know, that, that's the point I'm, tr- I'm trying to make. I, I, I've not sort of put it out there properly on Twitter because it's, you know, I always get you know, sidetracked with <laughs> grappling with somebody about the odd word that they've not understood or they've not said. But what the point of the matter is, if you take the top four, two of those positions that have gone with City and Liverpool. Whether we like it or not, they've gone already. So then there's two spots for Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal, um, Tottenham, and maybe Leicester, Everton, and uh, Wolves. That's that's see this is this so is somebody's so somebody's <laughs> going somebody's getting chopped yeah yeah you're the right no 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 he won't because he's probably not expected of him but Ancelotti for me is the one to keep an eye on because I think he's a fantastic manager the Everton have done really well to get him I think his signing of the Corre and uh, Premier League experience Alan and and James Rodriguez in that midfield I mean that is a decent midfield yeah that is it's... a decent midfield you? and you've seen that you know they've got the confidence now they're beating a big competitor there Spurs away first game of the season Richarlison's a great player Calvert-Lewin for me is similar to Firmino he's in that he plays number 9 he didn't score a great lot of goals he scored a goal yesterday fair enough he does the, the work of two or three men yeah. you know he occupies others he's not going to come up in the top 5 or 10 in the, the goal scoring charts but he's a different kind of number 9 he creates space for the likes of Rodriguez and Richarlison so I, I said at the beginning of the season listen Everton are not going to win the league or anything like that and they might not get fourth but Ancelotti will get what he wants in the market because he wouldn't have taken the job otherwise 
I could say the same thing. I I could say the same thing about Mourinho too. Which is the baffling thing. Which is the point we were making earlier. Is the baffling thing that Levy doesn't spend big, but remember, but Mourinho needs money to get where he wants to be. So what happens? Yeah, you got an explosion. Uh, speaking of, I mean, honestly, from an explosion standpoint, I do think that this season is going to explode. I think this is just the first week, and we've seen glimpses of surprises. This is going to be a really good season to watch. It's going to be frustrating for some times, but I think it's going to be a good season to watch. If you think about it as well, Poch is waiting in the ring wings, isn't he? Could he make a dramatic, dramatic return to Tottenham? Is he ready to jump in if Solskjaer gets chopped and something goes drastically wrong at Manchester United? If Ancelotti doesn't go things his way, that ownership have got a bit of money. Would he fancy Everton with a new ground on the way? You know, there's a, there's a manager there waiting in the wings to replace somebody. So, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Well, that manager hasn't won anything, though. That's the difference. No, that's why he didn't get the, uh, the Juventus job or the Bayern Munich job. That's true. Oh, the, sorry, or the Barcelona the job. The Barcelona job, yeah. Because he he's not he's not won a trophy. Yep. But, but, the longer he's out of the game, the better he becomes. That's true, because nobody's going to remember that he didn't win anything. They're just going to no. know that there's he's a quality an manager you know, that's sitting yeah, out there. Yeah. He's still a good coach, and he can probably talk his way into him, given what he did at Spurs in the Champions League final. But yeah, he's the longer he's out, the better he is, and he's just sat there for me, waiting for for, for one, of, one of those guys to, to lose the job. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll talk next week, Tom. Always, always a pleasure having you on. We'll do Friday this week, um, mate, because I won't be moving, and we'll do a look ahead to this week, this thing. Well, you you this, guys this play thing, next weekend, this, so so that next weekend is a good weekend for you too. It could. I just I thought he'd be yesterday actually when obviously the defeat came in because I just thought back to opening days with Manchester United. I remember when we signed Van Persie the year we won it. We got beat by Everton at, at Goodison opening game of the season, and I was absolutely devastated. It does. It just sets you off on the wrong foot. It's horrible, isn't it? You wait for the game, and then you lose, and then you're like, oh god. That's why I went dark last night because I I just couldn't I, I couldn't speak to anybody. It was that dreadful. That, that yeah. I couldn't speak to anyone. But, yeah, pleasure speaking, and yeah, we'll do, we'll do it again at the weekend. Love you as always, man. Say hi to the kids. Take care, Adam. Right. Bye, mate. Bye.